Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. I was driving the other day when I was on holiday with um, the kids in the car and uh, I was driving through this estate um, on my way back from the shops and there was two ways that I could go it came up on my sat-nav there was one way through this boring estate or there was one way down you know a lovely country road and I was in Cornwall so I was like great I'm gonna go this way it will take me back to the main road it did not take me back to the main road it took me on the windiest journey I could have gone on and the road just kept getting more and more undriven to the point at one point Ivy was like mommy there is a branch in the car <laughs> the grass was like up to here in the middle of the road and we were driving very very slowly <laughs> I think if, if in, like I had seen the fullest fullness of that drive I probably wouldn't have gone down that country road but because I thought you know oh little little choice here I'll make a little decision that'll take me back to the main road I thought okay I'll do that but actually if I'd seen the big picture I never would have taken that first turning and Galatians is a book where Paul is saying to the church again and again and again see the big picture the big picture of the cross of grace of what God has done for you in Christ and what it means now for you here and for eternity. And you're getting stuck on this one thing, this circumcision, the law. You're getting stuck on this one thing, this, this one way of going down, but you're not seeing the big picture. If you go down that road, it's going to have to take the whole journey circumcision and this act of the law but it does not come on its own this law this idea of going getting circumcised you think i'll just get do this one thing but the reality is is no it does not come on its own you take one step of the law you've got to fulfill the whole thing and actually do you know what jesus has fulfilled it he has completed it you're actually no longer on that road You're no longer living by means of the flesh, trying to make yourself good enough. Now, in Christ, those who believe live by the Spirit in Christ. And it's actually impossible to straddle both those roads. The wonder is that the body, the family of God is diverse. And the key to entry is not a set of rules. It is believe in Jesus and what he has done. Paul has just gone through before chapter 5 in detail how we are now not children of slavery, but free in Christ. Josh looked at that last week. We are heirs with Christ, bought at a price. The price of of the cross. And now we have the opportunity, the invitation of life in the spirit. We're not enslaved to the law anymore and its demands. But in Christ, we have a new life, a new freedom to live out of that relationship to God. In relationship with God and his diverse, multicultural, many languages, many stories and experiences, covenantal family. 
And this is important because the fight that is going on here in Galatians 5, okay, is between a group of Jews, they call themselves very fashionably the circumcision party, <laughs> and everyone else. Okay, I don't know, I've probably talked about this a lot, but my family are culturally Jewish, okay? So my mum is Jewish, which makes me Jewish. So I'm, takes, it's a huge area of pride. <laughs> but also, it's quite a big deal. When I'm reading the Bible, I can understand things because I see it in my family, okay? Being Jewish impacts my family in quite a lot of ways. There is pride in belonging, okay? There is pride in the long history of belonging. You see, my cousin's 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 cousin cousin, you guys might be like, well, who are they? Their third cousin removed? I'm like, no, 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 they're my cousin. Doesn't matter who they are, how they're related to me. If they're related to me, they're my cousin. They belong. They belong because they're of that line. They are of that people. It seems like everyone is in, but actually... As much as everyone is cousin, 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 and therefore in, there is also a lot of people that are not my cousin, that are not in. And it's important if you're a cousin or you're just someone else. And it's important to this this group of Jews. It's important to the people that Paul is speaking to. Before, to be part of God's family, you had to become part of the Jewish people. You had to be grafted in. This happens to Rahab and it happens to Ruth. Okay, you were circumcised, you ate kosher food and you obeyed the law. Your outward life, these are outward signs of an inward reality of belonging. They're signs to the world that you belong. However, now, isn't this good news? The gospel has blown this out of the park. You now just need to belong by believing in Jesus. And you know, the scandal of that is everyone is welcome. It's really, really scandalous. Everyone is welcome. Christ's bride is a church full of people who look and sound and have different, different, and have different stories and experiences from different countries and languages, people who have all, who've always lived in one place. Shout out to the Mancunians who have always lived here. And the ones who have moved from place to place to place. Okay, people who have grown up in poverty and people who have never known poverty. People who have always been told that they're in and people who have never felt that they belonged. You are all welcome because of what Jesus has done. The church is meant to be diverse and God says the only thing you need to do to come into this family is believe. This is huge and it changes everything because now suddenly it isn't about being cousins. It isn't about your bloodline. And we're not just cousins. We're brothers and sisters. Living in the freedom of what Jesus has done for us, empowered by the Spirit. And so this is why when we get to chapter 5, Paul is emphatic. I found reading it quite uh, out loud quite helpful. So I'm going to read it out loud and I'm going to use my drama degree. Okay. So, chapter 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you 
But if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You, who are trying to be justified by the law, have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works with a whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offence of the cross has been abolished. And as for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Harsh words. <laughs> okay, but it's serious. Paul is, is serious here. In fact, he's serious in the whole book of Galatians. But let's look at three things I want to highlight in this, in this passage. Firstly, if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Circumcision versus Christ. Secondly, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. That's a title in itself. And the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It is through the spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. So my first point, circumcision versus Christ. If you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Um, I sent my cousin Miles a voice note this week telling him about this story that I was remembering. It was Miles' 13th, he was 13 and it was his bar mitzvah and uh, all the family had got together. I remember sitting in the synagogue and listening to him speaking in Hebrew and thinking, wow, it's pretty impressive. Anyway, after it, we went to this very swanky after party. But obviously, my cousin is 13, so it's like very swanky, but like there's kids' suites everywhere, and there's like treats, and there's a room that has PlayStations in it, and you know, it's like all of that. And my brother was like, whoa. I want one of these. And he was talking to my great aunt, who's quite a character, and he was like, Mum, I really want one of these. And Auntie Audrey was like, all right, Jamie, you circumcised? And Jamie's just like, no. It just runs away. The thing is, not many of us will have been circumcised in this room, and thankfully will not have had to face that decision or questioning. But... Here is Paul saying that neither should you have to because Christ has fulfilled the law and therefore it is now null. In fact, in this passage, he says, if you decide to get circumcised, you've got to also eat kosher food 
and fulfill the whole law. You've got to try in your own strength to gain righteousness before God. We all know how that goes. And in that, Christ has no value as you are actively putting yourself outside of Jesus' grace that he has shown you on the cross. There is nothing, and let me just, there is nothing that we can do to earn what Christ has completed. Okay, There is nothing that you or I can do to earn what Christ has completed. He has completed it and he offers it to you. And he welcomes you in. Circumcision was meant to be an outward sign of allegiance with God. But it was never the full picture. In fact, neither was the law. Earlier in Galatians, Paul explains how the works of the law were to lead us to God. And in the same breath, show our sin. It's like when we come to God, when we walk towards God because he's holy. And as we see him as holy, as we revere him as holy and wonderful and set apart, we see that we are not. It's the same with the law. It was never meant to save us. And this circumcision party are now coming to this church with a mixture of Gentiles and Jews. And they're saying, yeah, following Jesus is good, but you've also got to do this. And Paul says, before in chapter 3, he says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, curses everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. If you let let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. And the, the, the issue is this. We know that a person is not justified by works of the law. But this group of people are insisting it, and they are saying that justification still has to be earned and lived by. But this is chains. This is not the freedom that Christ has won us for. As God's people, we are one at a price. We are called to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, our mind and strength, and love our neighbour as ourselves. That's it. Just love. Love God and love others. Now, we might not insist that people get circumcised now or follow the law, but I know today in 2023, we can recognise in ourselves the ways in which we put onto others expectations for how they walk or onto ourselves, for, for worship, for how people read their Bibles, for how they dress or spend their money. And the trouble is this. The law in itself is not a bad thing. Okay, The Ten Commandments are not bad. In fact, Jesus takes them and he says, I'm going to expound them for us. I'm going to expound them. I'm going to make them bigger and deeper. They're about God and the way that he longs for us to relate to him. But we are unable to. We need a saviour because we keep messing up. We keep doing things we wish we didn't and not doing the things we wish we did. We keep not living in relationship with God, those moments. We keep trying to live as our own gods, our own 
divine beings. But that's not what God has made us for. And actually, he's made us for so much more. When we add our own law onto the gospel, like the circumcision, add the law onto grace, we actually trap people and ourselves in this lie. And it is a lie that offers righteousness before God. If you do this thing, if you dress this way, if you look this way, if you read your Bible this way, if you use these study notes, if you dot, 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 you add your own thing onto the end. If you offer people that lie, that it offers them righteousness before God, it is a lie and it is chains. And we are doing it to our brothers and sisters. And as Christians, we need the Holy Spirit. Because in our own strength, we will try to follow the law, whatever that law might be, and then fail. Because we cannot live up to even our own standards. And we need the one, the Holy Spirit, whose greatest joy is to reveal Christ to our hearts. We need the Holy Spirit to give us those nudges to say, hey, it's Christ alone. That we might come back again to our God, to the cross, to the resurrection and our hope. You see, the law was a good gift from God, but it was never meant to be a stepladder into his presence. And we, are, we weren't ever meant to think that it, we could tick it all off. And in fact, in doing so, if we tried, we would only unveil our unholiness. Christ, though, himself has fulfilled the law. He has fulfilled it. And he offers to you his perfect life and the freedom that comes with it. Uh, T.J. Tim says, the reason the Apostle Paul keeps hammering the issue of righteousness through faith in Christ alone, apart from all your works, is because we have an allergy to the gospel. I thought this was really interesting. An allergy to the gospel. There is something in us that wants to put on back those chains. There is something in us that wants a set of rules to follow or to put standards or expectations onto ourselves or onto others. But this is enslaving us. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Christ is of infinite value to us. We are infinitely needy of his grace, this undeserved grace, gift, that frees us to live in light of his grace through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are so needy of it. It's all we need, and yet we run away from it all the time. And what's funny is sometimes our lives might actually look like we're following the law. Our lives might look like actually we're following um, that kind of set of ways that God set out, and that is because... It was always the way that God meant us to walk. But when we take the way that someone lives and try and put that onto everyone else, we put chains onto everyone else. Other than Jesus, obviously we want to walk like Jesus. 
Walking with Jesus is freedom, but it is through faith in Christ alone. Okay, second point. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. The reality is, as I've said, if you keep one law, the demand of the law is that you have to keep all the laws. You will find yourselves trying and failing to do that. Okay, I've got, um, I've got into making cinnamon rolls every so often. They're actually not that difficult, which is why I've got into making them. And um, the crazy thing about them is you put like seven grams of yeast. It's like hardly any, and they're so little when they come out. And then you mix all the ingredients together, and you just leave it. And as you leave it, that yeast works through those ingredients. It works through those ingredients over time, and then your dough doubles. And then you work it and you make the cinnamon rolls. It's not that easy, but, you know. Okay, the, the issue here that Paul is so helpfully highlighting is this way of thinking. And this is where it's tricky, okay? This is where it's different. This is where we have to, we have to really hit it on the head. Because we say, if I just do this, okay, I can make God happy. Or if, oh, I'll just... I want to belong in this group, so I'll just, I'll just act like this. Or I want to da 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 da. And it's those little decisions. It starts off little, but it works its way through the whole batch of, of dough. Because the thing is, the law demands the law. And it doesn't matter whether it's God's law or it's a law that you create yourself. It will demand of you and it will enslave you. Very rarely do things start off big when these things are unhelpful, enslaving patterns. Whether it's rules we live by, our lives fitting into standards, or we find ourselves in addiction. I don't know if anyone's found that they are addicted to coffee. Okay? Probably didn't start off with you drinking like five coffees a day, did it? Well, it's the same with every single addiction, whether it's gossiping, it's stealing, it's alcohol, it's drugs, it's smoking, pornography, social media, gaming, okay? You name that thing that gives you the high that you chase after, the thing that is demanding of you, it didn't start off small, did it? My, all three of my brothers, uh, they smoke. All three started off socially smoking. They now all smoke many, many cigarettes a day. Now, it might be a cigarette that is demanding of you, or it might be a way to conform, the way that you look to the world. doesn't matter. When I was younger, I had an eating disorder. I would like to think that it had nothing to do with the way that I look, but the reality is all these things are linked. It started off when I was about 11, and I started at home. I wanted to control things. I wanted to control the way that I looked or I... Just to have some control. Things were changing. I wanted to have some control. So it started off with me just eating not parts of the food on my plate to skipping meals. I would then binge eat just rubbish. And then when it came to actual meals, I wasn't hungry. My food and my eating was so disordered. And I couldn't... Um, I remember going to uni, and this is where I realised I had an issue, is I'd made my favourite meal, and it was... it's risotto and I'd made I spent all this money as a student and I'd made this risotto and I was so proud of myself and I sat down at the table and I went to eat a mouthful 
and I couldn't. I gagged. And I just burst into tears. And I phoned my mum and dad, and I was like, I've got an issue. Like, I can't eat. I can't eat this food, and I know I love it. I was completely enslaved to this eating disorder that I had. Okay? It was completely, it completely enslaved me. I was chained to it, this way of thinking, eating, engaging with the world and myself. These things never start off big. Okay, they start off small. And that little bit of yeast works through the whole batch. And without the Holy Spirit to wake us up, we are trapped. And without Jesus, we are lost. Maybe there are laws that you find yourself following today. Okay, maybe you are struggling with addiction. Maybe you are putting expectations not only on yourself, but onto others for the way that they should walk with Jesus that are not in line with grace. He calls us to love God and to love our neighbours. So how do you see yourself today? How do you see the people that are sat in this room and those who are on the street? His church doesn't look like you or me. It looks like us. We should not find ourselves in places where everyone talks like us, sounds like us, dresses like us, has similar upbringings to us or same colour skin to us. You and I are meant to be part of the bride of Christ that delights in Christ together and in Christ alone and encourages each other to live in that freedom that he has bought us at a price. I know that I can struggle with my thought patterns towards eating. I had to learn that when I felt hungry, I needed to eat. That sounds crazy. Okay, and that when I, my body felt that need, I needed to give it food. I had to learn, and I had to learn new patterns of being and ways of walking. I had to make sure that I ate well at mealtimes and didn't just stuff myself with garbage. It's the same with the gospel. We need to eat hearty meals of the Bible, of the Lord, of his presence. When I recognise this prompting of the Holy Spirit to this area of my heart that is not following God, that is not searching God, I need to listen to it. I need to, with open arms, repent, know that I'm loved. I can come. Yeah, I'm a mess. You can come. Yeah, you're a mess. It's all right. No one is surprised. God is not surprised by your sin. And his grace meets you and it frees you to walk with him, with each other. And lastly, faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts, this is Paul saying this, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It is through the spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. Now in Christ, we are new creations. The old has gone. The new has come. And we live not by the flesh, but by the spirit. So good, okay? This new life is lived by faith. It's that trusting, God, you're going to have me at each step. Trusting and living in light of the cross and the resurrection with God and each other. 
And I, and I love this, that Paul says here, the only thing that counts is faith expressed itself through love. The only thing that counts. And this is an overflow, okay? This is not a new law. This is not a new rule to live by. This is what walking with Jesus is all about. As you live life in faith, the overflow of that is love. I often say to people who apologize to me, if I'm chatting with people and they start crying, I'm like, it's okay. Like, cry. Tears are just the overflow of the heart. Sometimes people cry when they're hurt, when they're sad. I cry when I'm angry. Some people cry when they're happy. We cry for lots of different things. It's the overflow of the heart. And as we walk with Jesus, my heart of faith in him, trusting in him, seeing life through his eyes, others through his eyes, the overflow of that life in the Holy Spirit is love, is welcome, is delight. It's not my aim to love as if I'm ruled by love, although discipline's not bad. But no, my aim is to love God, to trust God, and to trust in Jesus' finished work on the cross. And through that, the overflow of that is love towards others, to love towards myself and those I engage with. True love. Matthew 22, verse 37 to 39. Jesus says in this passage, Love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. These people in Galatia are trying to entrap this new church. They want to get rid of the differences. They want to make everyone look and live the same. But Jesus says, no. The only thing that you need to do, that you and I need to do, the only thing, okay, is love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind, faith. And then love your neighbour as yourself. (laughs) Express that love for God in love for others. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. The big picture on that route is this. Walk with God in Christ. Stand back. This little decision I'm going to make, what's the big picture? Stand firm. I'm going to choose Jesus. I'm going to choose to love God. I'm going to choose to love others. And do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Look, I am free. Okay? I am free. Don't nobody enchain me. Okay? I am free in Christ. You are free in Christ. You don't need to look. You don't need to walk with God in a certain way other than what he has said. What he has said. You love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And the others will follow. You, you walk with God and your love will follow. And we need to do this. 
as Paul is urging the Galatian church to do, stand firm, brothers and sisters, in the freedom bought by Christ. Stand up. Don't sit and let these things, these, in, this ingredient, this yeast, work through the ingredients of your life. Stand up. Choose Jesus. Choose grace. Choose God. Choose slowing down and listening to the Holy Spirit. Where you are being led to entrap yourself, again, wake up. Speak to a friend, your community group leaders. Bring your heart before your Father God. Listen to that inner voice of peace and truth. Stand firm, unwavering, stand with purpose and clarity in the Holy Spirit. We cannot do this in our own strength. We are weak, but he will give us the strength. It is not Jesus plus works. It is in Christ alone that binds us together. We're family. You are my brothers and sisters. It's beautiful. In Gather last night, we sung in Hindi, and I just cried. Okay? You are welcome in Christ. You are welcome. Every single one of you here, you are welcome. And so is everyone else. We are not cousins. We are brothers and sisters. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free.